0: hi my name is john biddle and welcome to murder monday and we're going to look at a quite unusual case Um, and it's very recent as well and there's not a lot of stuff online about this chap um but it's a very interesting case for true crime fans. this is about the arrest and conviction of convicted murderer david fuller In 1987, a young lady called Wendy now hopped off the back of her boyfriend's motorbike after finishing work. Her boyfriend, Ian Plass, rode off down the street without a care in the world as his girlfriend went into her bedsit. But as she approached the bedsit, lurking in the shadows was a man who grabbed her Um, and he had been waiting for her. Uh, He dragged her into the bedsit, he bound her, gagged her, raped her repeatedly and then smashed her head in and strangled the life out of her. Um, it was the next day her work where she worked at a, a photograph developing company called SuperSnaps which is a fairly well known brand during the 70s and 80s in the UK. They basically called Ian and said where was she because she hadn't turned up for work. He went back to the bedsit and opened the door and discovered a macabre scene where clearly Wendy had been murdered. What seemed like an interminable amount of time for the police arrived, Ian was sat looking at the gruesome scene. Wendy clearly dead after following a horrific attack. Five months later, a lone woman by the name of Caroline Pierce arrived home from a taxi lay one night that was within a stone throw from where Wendy was murdered. Caroline screamed just the once as the man attacked her, again lurking in the shadows waiting for her but he quickly subdued her and overpowered her. It was a further 15 days before the battered, naked body of Caroline Pierce was found over 40 miles away. Caroline's body wore the horrific hallmarks of the same killer, the media jumping onto the bandwagon naming this vile murderer as the bedsick killer. The murders were so horrific, detectives hadn't come across such a violent killer in the county of Kent. Other murderers who had since been arrested had and were found guilty and sentenced to life in prison, were also interviewed. The likes of Levi Belfield, who was pinched for the brutal murder of Millie Dowler. What a lot of people forget is the far-reaching impact of losing a child in these cases. What people can't relate to is the effects these killings have on the immediate family. How can we understand from the sidelines, when we read these headlines in the press, how the family are feeling right then. The death of Wendy separated her parents, and her mother found it impossible to be outside the house even 25 years after the murder. Her life still in ruins. Uh, items from the victims were missing, and in Wendy's case, her keyring and her diary were missing, as well as the keyring from Caroline. Again, all marks of serial killer trophies. He convinced the police they were were missing something. A killer who had behaved in such an evolved way had had to cut their teeth on lesser violent crimes. And since the murder of Caroline, nothing. It was in December 2020, with the advancements of forensic technology, the cold case team in the Kent Constabulary had had a lead. DNA from a convicted burglar had alerted the police that there was a match to the unsolved killings from 33 years ago. The death of these women was still fresh in the minds of now seasoned detectives who would have been young junior constables. Police knocked the door of the prime suspect, David Fuller, a 67-year-old electrician who worked for the National Health Service. When police read Fuller his rights, he claimed to have known nothing about the murders. In Wendy's case, DNA left by the killer on the duvet was one billion times more likely to be convicted burglar, David Fuller, and the DNA left on the tights of Caroline made him 160,000 times more likely. When police entered Fuller's residence, they uncovered more than what they bargained for. Relating to the murders, evidence of Fuller visiting Buster Brown restaurant after the murder of Caroline, where she worked, added a macabre twist to the tale. Similar with Wendy, photos of Fuller at the Super Snaps Photo Development Center were also present. While these crimes were violent and sickening, police discovered something far more sickening So sickening, the judge at Fuller's trial commented, no British court had ever seen abuse on this scale against the dead before, and I know he would still offend to this day if it had not been for the painstaking investigation and prosecution. She went on to say Fuller's appalling crimes do not end with these killings, and he abused his position of trust as a hospital electrician in the most grotesque manner imaginable. What police uncovered at Fuller's residence nauseated even the most stoic of police officers. Offences against the dead. Fuller had over 20 years had worked for the local National Health Service hospital as an electrician. He would visit the mortuary and feign a reason for him to return in the evening where no one was there so he could make repairs to the refrigerating units. Alone in the mortuary, Fuller would engage in necrophiliac pursuits, videoing, the sexual sodomization of dead bodies. No age was preferred, from elderly cadavers to children. He would violate their bodies in such a way officers struggled to watch the insurmountable evidence against him. His computers yielded over 4 million downloaded images of sexual abuse and uploaded copious amounts of footage of Fuller having penetrative sex with dead people. Three victims under the age of 18 Charges of 44 counts of sexual assault of a dead body and the further 33 counts of sexual penetration of a corpse. Other charges included separate images of child pornography and an offence of voyeurism relating to footage taken from his own home. The total tariff of charges was 78 charges relating to dead bodies in the mortuary. All the bodies in the mortuary were identifiable, making the duty of candour for the hospital trust a grisly task. Each family linked to the dead bodies had to be informed of the abuse levied by Fuller. The trust happened to apologise for the abuse and mistreatment of their loved ones after some bodies had experienced a traumatic death. The judge sent Fuller down for a whole life term for the murders of Wendy Nell and Caroline Pearce, for the 12 years for the mortuary offences. Police never gave up. The preservation of evidence in these cases was critical. What has to be celebrated here was the ongoing cold case investigation of the two women murdered in their prime. Justice finally prevailed. However, the grotesqueness of David Fuller is yet to be fully understood. Necrophilia is a niche fetish which doesn't see the light of day. I'm monitor the airways for anything further as I think this will be a fascinating short book for my Murder In My Mind series. Stay frosty out there.